Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sarah Fisher Talks Connective Parenting. This week I am talking about holidays, those joyful things. School holidays are here. For some of you, you will be in your first week of holidays. For others, they are about to start any second now. And I think particularly this year as we move into Easter, in England certainly, the children have only been back a few weeks. So it feels like the shortest term ever. But at the same time, we're also exhausted from all the home learning, the lockdowns and everything else. So this Easter, I think, needs to be about having fun as a family. And certainly in England and I know in Wales and I think in Scotland, you can now get out and about and do some more things. So let's all take advantage of that during the holidays. But in this week's episode, I thought I would share some kind of top tips so that you can thrive in holidays rather than just survive. The first is have a plan. I was taught a few years ago the phrase um, have a plan and hold it lightly. And it was in relation to um, kind of in the corporate world and in business. But I think it's really true as a parent as well. Particularly if your child struggles, you know, if your child has any additional needs or struggles with structure or their emotions, it can be really hard for them. So create a plan, put something together but have some flexibility around it or the ability to change it if you need to. Or in England, certainly you might have a plan that involves being outside and it might be so wet you just can't do what it was you wanted to do. So I think having a plan and hold it lightly is uh, very relevant for a lot of us. So that's my first tip is have some ideas up your sleeve, have some things that you can do so that you're not standing there on the day going, oh, 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 uh, I don't know, what could we do today? Have some ideas, even if it's just written down on a piece of paper, in a notebook, something like that. You might want to plan some things in advance. It depends on your family, how well that works. Secondly, following on from that is around have a schedule or a plan up on the wall so that the children can see what's happening when. This can really reduce anxiety. It helps them know where they are in the holidays, what's happening that day, what's happening tomorrow, all of those things. And it's really, really powerful. Now, I'm at the stage here where I can put a plan up for the whole holidays. And I don't actually put the plan up. I just put a really rough, drawn out calendar on the wall that I've made on a piece of A4 paper. Nothing fancy. Put in the things that are definitely happening and then as we go, add in other things that get planned kind of as we're working through. So that works really well for us. For other families, I know that just having kind of a now and next board works a lot better. So this is what we're doing now. This is what we're doing next. And it's much better for the child because they can't cope with any changes to the schedule once it's put up on the board or maybe the anxiety of knowing what's happening over the whole of the next week is too much for them. So you can really make the schedule that goes up and is visible work for you and your family because everybody's different. So there's no point in doing it a certain way if it's not going to work. But having something up is really, really good. Thirdly is planning some downtime as well as activities. I think these are really important. It's very easy for us to think I've got to fill my days doing this and that and the other and it's going to, you know, do this, whatever. Particularly, I think, when we haven't been able to get out and do things. But we all need time to kind of chill out and relax. And if we find it hard to chill out and relax, then we need to find ways of doing that that work for us. 
if we're out all day, maybe coming home and putting a movie on and just allowing the kids to, to crash in front of a movie for a bit or use their screens if it gives you some space and time as well. So make sure you do plan in that quiet time, that downtime where they're not necessarily having to be really sociable, for example, if they struggle with being sociable. But they can do what they want. They can have some time to choose what they do. Because if we plan every moment of their day, that can be really hard as well and really overwhelming and stressful. So make sure there's time in there, A, to relax as a family, but also for them to choose things that they want to do and relax and chill out. And do make sure that you keep in your parental presence time, your one-on-one time in the holidays. I know it can be very easy to think, well, I'm with them all day, we're out doing activities, they don't need any one-on-one time. But they still do. So it's still really important to keep that in there if you possibly can do. The fourth plan, fourth point on my plan, should I say, is get outside every day if you can do. Um, I'm recording this on a glorious sunny day down here in the south of England. And I know I feel better when the sun is out, even if it's not warm, just seeing the sun. But I think we underestimate the power of being outside, out in nature, even if it's just five minutes you know, out in the garden, if that's all you can get your team to do, that's fine, that's great. Just getting outside, being in the sunshine, soaking up the vitamin D, relaxing, hearing nature, all of those things. It's a really powerful thing to do. If you can obviously get out, out, you know, into, I don't know, into the countryside, into a National Trust property, even just the park, it's so powerful to have that space and sense of nature around us and it can really de-stress So if you are struggling with stress, with anxiety, with physical kind of illness, being outside can be really beneficial. Obviously, be careful and don't do anything more than you you can actually do. Next on my list is doing some sensory activities. And they don't need to be obviously sensory activities, if that makes sense. Going to the park, running around, playing on the trampoline is all sensory stuff. Playing with a bowl of water with bubbles in it and lots of toys is sensory. You know, running around with your mum and having fun is sensory. All of those things help, as is, you know, chewy foods, crunchy foods, all of those things. So if you are struggling with what to do, do something physical and then you'll get started. I think we often underestimate the power of sensory activities or we might be thinking about it because we know school stresses them out. So we do it during the term, but we kind of forget in the holidays because the structure is different and everything changes. But if you can do, just build them into your day. And if you're going to the park, that's fantastic. Um, You know, anything you're doing like that is going to help your children. So try and keep those built in. And don't forget, sensory activities help you as much as they help your child. So don't just get your child to do them. Make sure you are doing them as well, because it's really, really helpful for us to stay regulated. And of course, when we stay regulated, we can help our child stay regulated much more easily and we can be much more present for them. So it's really important that we do it with our children. Number six on my plan is building some self-care, whatever that looks like for you. Now, I know that I get eyes rolled at me when I talk about self-care and I get it. I understand it. Everyone's like, oh, self-care, really? 
But the reason I mention it like all the time is because it is so important, even more so in the holidays. And yes, two week school holidays is going to feel like a breeze after the amount of lockdown time we've had, particularly given there is no home learning. Yay! Thank you, God. Um, so it will feel much easier and we're allowed out. So that adds to the potential ease of it. But there will be lots of people, adults and children, who find going out now really scary and really worried about it. So make sure you're building in time for you to deal with the emotions you have right now. A, to top up your tank and you know make sure physically and emotionally you're in as good a state as you can be. But also to help you process all of the emotions from the last year, the trauma, the anxiety about going out, everything. We cannot underestimate the impact the last year has had on all of us. And we need to make sure as parents we're putting that time in so that we are dealing with our own emotions and we have capacity to support our children. Because otherwise it's going to get very, very difficult. And remember self-care could be, you know, two minutes of kitchen dancing. If anybody knows me, I'm a big fan of kitchen dancing. I do like a good kitchen boogie and it lifts my spirits and helps me feel better. It gets me moving. It gets me laughing. Happy hormones are kicking off all over the place and it's just good fun. So self-care doesn't need to be anything major. It can also be, you know, having a laugh and having fun with your children. That tops your tank up. So it doesn't necessarily need to be kind of time by yourself, if that makes sense. Next on my list is if you can visit somewhere or someone. So depending on what the plan is, where you live and what you're allowed to do, most of us, I think certainly in the UK now, are allowed to go and visit somebody outside. I could be wrong, but I think that's the rules. I know that's my rules (laughs) in England anyway. So, you know, if you can get outside, go and visit a family member, a friend. If you're allowed to meet as two families, go and meet as two families in the park. Start that socialising, start re-engaging with people. Because not only is it good for us, you know, just to meet up, but it really helps our souls. It really is powerful. It helps our children to start socialising again and reconnecting. It helps us to feel better. It hugely tops up our tanks. And I think it's, you know, a lovely way of getting out and just seeing people again, which feels a bit strange after everything we've gone through. So absolutely, if you can do, go and visit somewhere you love Go and visit family, friends, people you get on with and just enjoy that time with them and really kind of relish it. And my final point is relax. Relax and try and enjoy the holidays. Sometimes we can go into them with a huge level of fear. What am I going to do? How's it going to be? Am I going to manage? You know, what are the kids going to be like? Oh my God, this is going to be hideous. I get it. I really, really do. I used to dread school holidays and how was I going to keep my son occupied and I was going to have no time for myself and it was just, I had no break and blah, blah, blah. It was really, really tough. But over time, things have got better. The more and more we have embedded and I've used the MVR approach, the more I've looked after myself, the more I've connected with my son, the easier things have become over time. And yes, I've got a 14 year old who is very definitely a teenager. So it's not all, you know, unicorns and roses in our house by any stretch of the imagination. But on the whole, it's pretty good. And, you know, it's taken time to get here, but I can now enjoy it. And yes, I have moments when I kind of have to grip my teeth and go, oh, my God, this is hideous. But actually, it's pretty good. Um, And 
you know, the more we can go into a, a, a situation or an event, be it a school holidays, a social event, whatever it is, believing that it's going to be OK, believing that we're going to have a good time, the more that's likely to happen because we go in looking for the good rather than going in looking for the bad. And when we go in looking for the bad, that's what we're going to find. Whereas if we go in looking for even just tiny bits of positive, that is really amazing. So those are my tips for the holidays. I'll just run through them again. Firstly, have a plan and hold it lightly. Secondly, put a schedule up on the wall so the children know what's happening. Thirdly, make sure you plan in some downtime, some quiet activities and time when the children can choose what they do. Fourthly, if you can do, get outside every day. It's so good for us. Fifth, make sure you're building in those sensory activities. Seven, build in some self-care for yourself, obviously. Eight, visit somewhere or someone if you can, if it's safe, if you're allowed to and you enjoy it. And nine, relax and enjoy it. So that is this week's episode of Sarah Fisher Talks Connective Parenting. I hope you have a fabulous holiday. And actually, there should be a number 10 there, shouldn't it? Because it's Easter. Number 10 should be eat as much chocolate as you possibly want to, possibly can do, because we all know at Easter, chocolate has no calories. So have a lovely holiday and I will be back next week with another episode of Sarah Fisher Talks Connective Parenting. Speak to you all soon.